0: This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today.
1: Our Matrix server is about as free as internet chat can be. Join the existing rooms or create your own at chat.freetalklive.com. To declare your independence on the Free Talk Live Network.
2: It's time for Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock.
3: Believe me when I say we have a difficult time ahead of us. But if we are to be prepared for it, we must first shed our fear of it. I stand here without fear because I remember. I remember that I am here not because of the path that lies before me, but because of the path that lies behind me. I remember that for 100 years we have fought these machines. And after a century of war, I remember that which matters most.
1: There, your independent speaker, Ernest Hancock, on the Free Talk Live Network. We're continuing our conversation with Keith Knight, the podcast Don't Tread on Anyone, and the author of several books. His whole awakening he documented in books and on his podcast from being he's only 27 years old. But since 17, he's progressed over the revolution years, the uh, growth of the woke community, the examination of voluntarism, libertarianism versus liberalism, progressivism, wokeism. And it's just amazing to have a young man that's really seeking truth be able to share this with his audience. And then he's very well read, knows a lot of the great. Thinkers and uh, also, you know, heads up as an editor for the Libertarian Institute. So, this is an accomplished young man. That I don't want to share, I want to share more w- with you. Enjoy.
4: He's saying that there is some truth uh, within uh, Marxism. He says, Here are the five points of Marxism that are correct. One, the history of mankind is the history of class struggles, it is a history of struggle between a relatively small ruling elite and a larger class of the exploited. The ruling class is unified by its common interest in upholding its exploitative position and maximizing its exploitatively appropriated surplus product. Class rule manifests itself primarily in specific arrangements regarding the assignment of property rights. Internally, the process of competition within the ruling class generates a tendency toward increasing concentration and centralization. Finally, with the centralization and expansion of exploitative rule gradually approaching its ultimate limit of world domination, class rule will increasingly become compatible with the further development and improvement of productive forces. So he says those five things that the Marxists believe are essentially correct. The problem is they do not accurately determine who is the exploiter in society. So saying that uh, the employer or the business owner is the exploiter does not account for the fact that a lot of business owners and employers take a ton of financial risk, have to do a ton of market research and find out what consumers want, both products and services. They have to find out what to sell, where to sell it, at what price they have to market these goods. This is something the average worker is not involved in. The Marxists saw no value in all of the ideas that it takes to generate a company in the first place in order for there to be places for workers to work at. So when they didn't take this into account, they pinned everything on the rich and said that all this true stuff does happen. But it's not the fault of the rich who voluntarily offer you things. The actual exploiters are the thieves, whether it's a low-level private thief or a big thief like Bernie Madoff, who uh, runs a Ponzi scheme, or the biggest thief, the state, as Hans Hoppe calls them. The state is an expropriating property protector. (laughs) That is how uh, there can be such overlap between the Marxists and uh, the libertarians. The Marxists have a great deal of insight onto what the problem is. But their uh, solution is to incorrectly uh, identify the correct culprit as far as who the exploiters actually are.
1: You know, this is, um, you know, thank you for that. And and I give you, um, you know, rubber meets the road political example. <clears throat> When libertarians run for office, you get on the ballot, boom, you get an invitation to everything of everything, every forum, every, you know, and we would take that seriously. We all thought we go out. That was the reason why we did it. You know, are you going to get more votes telling the teacher union that, you know, separation of child and state? I mean, you know, you know, probably not. But we would take advantage of it. One of the things that you would get every election cycle, and I've run just about every election since 1990. I mean, I, I, I mean, a lot. You go to them, it's the unions, and they would have this one union hall down. that used to be down on Central and, I don't know, Indian School around there somewhere. You go into this one union building, AFL-CIO, which is kind of a consortium of a bunch of unions anyway. So you go in there, and you'd have representatives from this union, that union, the union, unions of the unions. And they would kind of be surprised that a libertarian would even come well, obviously we're not going to, you know, whatever. It's like libertarians going to the handgun control uh, endorsement meeting or something, right? So we go in and, and 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 be friendly with with them. You know, a lot of times we'd see him on the trail of something. So we go, look, libertarians are your best friends. You know, we understand the freedom of collective bargaining. You could do that. Voluntarily with your friends or your co-workers because you own your labor. We believe in self ownership. You own you. Nobody can make you do it, you know? So you go and you negotiate your price. You're free you can collectively negotiate that price. But then we go when you get the government involved to force God, what do they call it, collective bargaining, you know, you, they, they force you to bargain with them. You have to. Well, Arizona is a right-to-work state. In our Constitution, you can't have work requirements that you belong to a union or you got to, you know, collect bargain, this kind of stuff. It doesn't apply in Arizona. I fire you because I don't like you, you know. Well, the thing is, is that you have um, in Arizona – you have the ability to hire and fire based, I mean, you can't do, I, I, there are some restrictions, you know, wage and, uh, um, the, uh, what where they call it, the wage department or something. But when you have the ability to hire and fire anyone, it means what? That the job is. Is the employers. They're the ones that created the job. When a worker will say and will explain it to them, and you go, Well, you're taking my job, you're doing this to my job, you're giving somebody else my job. It's not your job, it's your labor. The job belongs to the employer. They're the ones that created that, say thank you. I mean, you know. So this attitude, as you do politically, and you give a lot of examples, and you give situations and things in the news, and we'd always update them on whatever. The cognitive dissidence that they have, and knowing what you're saying is true, but a lot of times they're leaders in the union, they're there to advocate for. What we're going to make and you got it. And, what, and if you're a union, a police or fireman, well, a fireman union endorsement is means you get your signs up because they would work two 24-hour you know shifts. They'd be there two days and then they get the rest of the week off. You know, and they had a lot of time. Well, a fireman endorsement I mean they had posts for your signs and labor endorsed by the firemen. Boom! That means they put up the signs. That's what that means. Endorsed by the police. I'm not even sure what that means. But they had the police and firemen as a voting unit, their friends and family and supporters of I love me some firemen or whatever. So that would be tied to such and such percentage increase in the budget. They get their salary, more bennies, more fire stations with hot tubs. I mean, mean, literally, you know, this kind of stuff that would go on. So the unions, a libertarian perspective, it's an opportunity for us to educate them as individuals. So we would go. We knew we weren't going to get endorsements. We knew that they were you know, but you could see behind their eyes the wheels turning. Damn, that's a good argument, you know. So I can see why Arizona has always been such a target for many reasons. We're on the border. You know, we're a large land state. But only 16% of it is in private hands. The rest of it is gunnery range, forest service, BLM land, you know, Native American uh, reservation, on and on and on and on. You know, wilderness side. You're not allowed park of something. So there's very small amount that goes in is even available for purchase to you know, mom and Pa. And when they do this, any purchase that they carve off of some BLM thing, or they're making this available that you can. It's always in like 100 acre or square mile sections or whatever. It's not to the, even though they would make more money auctioning it to individual people. No, it's who's got the pull, you know? Mm -hmm. Arizona has been such an example for me and a lot of people around the country, certainly as we pushed back that there's going to be a lot more pushback again because do you really think that Arizona is a blue or purple state? Because when you look at these maps of, you know, red and blue states, Arizona's blue. And I'm going, I don't know who you're talking to. What do you think? Are we are we are you know, controlled by the unions? Constitution doesn't allow it, and they understand. Are they controlled by, you know, uh, uh, lefty, liberal, big, giant universities of everybody's got purple hair? Are they controlling? I mean, where is this blue coming
4: from in your mind, Keith? Uh, Most blue is generated by the media, Hollywood, as well as the uh, Arizona schools. If you go to any of those school meetings, the average teacher is unequivocally a progressive. Even the schools that I went to were, uh, most of the students' parents were uh, Republicans, all the teachers. When your salary relies on You know, the state giving you the money. Come on, Mm -hmm. you're going to be much more favorable to state growth. If you work at the Catholic Church, you're going to be sympathetic to Catholicism, all else equal. So it's nothing we should be surprised about. So in general, it comes from the media. But in Arizona specifically, it comes from the uh, teachers and the immigrants uh, overall. That is how uh, people tend to vote. It's very difficult for them to learn lessons, whereas uh, Cuban immigrants uh, tend to uh, be much more Republican, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. Mexican or Venezuelan immigrants uh, still have yet to learn the lesson, unable to correlate what caused uh, the issues in the places that they escaped from. I think it can be taught, uh, you know. (laughs) So when you have a
1: Michael Reckemwald come, you know, and uh, campaign in a state like Arizona being a Marxist or anywhere where you have Marxist or a liberal liberal oriented uh electorate, I'm I'm wondering what kind of impact from your experience in talking to him you think he would be able and you said Marxist libertarians, I didn't know there was such a thing. When did you make that up? I mean, you know so I, I'm I'm like, okay, is that going to give him a leg up, you think?
4: Yes, because he is able to give people a genuine divide. It is very it, difficult to maintain the man versus woman divide that the left pushes, the uh, Islamic versus you know American divide that uh, the, the right pushes. Look how quickly they lost this Islamic divide. Once there was a Russia-Ukraine war, it was completely out of the narrative for so long and then even when you push it turns out that this islamic terrorism is the result of blowback uh because of uh the US government's policies in these countries this has been so exhaustively uh proven uh, especially by a professor at university of chicago robert pape in his book dying to win and cutting the fuse i'm just going to dogmatically make that point because it's so well proven um so uh, Wald's ability to clearly say men versus women fake divide black versus white obvious fake divide uh, young versus old was a divide that they used uh, during COVID. You want to get a job, you want to go buy products and services and live your life. You don't even care if grandma dies. So there are so many fake divides that people are just fed up with. Rechtenwald is the one Javier Malay opportunity we have to give people a genuine divide. Trump's not giving it to people. Rand Paul never did a good enough job. Whereas Ron Paul, of course, uh, did uh, th- the best job that we oh, could the uh, regime. ever oh, that's
1: a good one. All right, all right. <laughs>
4: This is a... uh, There's so many openings, yeah. What do you think, uh,
1: have you had any experience with the Libertarian Party as it's uh, constructed now here in Arizona? You know, you you got any... Don't know.
4: Uh, I've been to a few events. Um, I don't know enough specifics.
1: You know, I I did make the attempt to uh, just see what was up, because I knew in January there's uh, state conventions, you know, the elect officers and so on. Yeah. So they had already done that. And I'm all right, you know. You know, there a meeting. You know, uh, let me know what's up. Ernie and Donna's back in town. I mean, we were very prominent, you know, for a long time. And I'm just um, so it's probably a whole new crowd. They don't you know Ernie who, you know, whatever. But the um, I just wanted to get hold. I mean, it's just a template paged from like national they just said okay what do we put up and fill in the blanks of this and have all the you know common collective rhetoric and um uh nothing i i nothing Mm -hmm. i I see nothing so i i did send the chair an email haven't returned Got, got a return and i remember when i took over uh the biggest problem they had is they never answered the phone it just went to a voicemail And I'm going, no, no, hell no, forward it to my cell phone, I'll answer the freaking phone. That was probably the biggest boom that we had, is just answering the phone, and giving information, and a lot of it was press. You know, so I'm just like, wow. This is, you know, they go, well, you just want the the party to be, um, you know, running for national. We wanted to cut a bunch of stupid stuff they were doing. Well, you just want the party to be a, you know, a an answering machine in a closet. I'm going, I don't care if it's a closet, but there'll be somebody answering it. I mean, you know, oh my god. Excellent so this, you know, here in Arizona, I'm, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, wreck the regime wants to come and do anything. He's gonna probably gonna to have to do it with you. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Give him some attention, yeah, and uh, Donna's gonna have him come on, and I'll grill him and see what I think of him. But this is um, the year that I think libertarians would really make out a, a, a lot for a lot of metrics that you would have. You know, just uh, people reading, people paying attention, people understanding, general public opinion being shifted, using libertarian candidates and rhetoric. But um, I don't see that it, it's been, it's just been, they are sucked out of the room by MAGA and Trump, which is fine mm-hmm. if they would, you know, advocate for liberty-oriented whatever. But the one thing I remember when we first started hearing about Javier, when he was, you know, the, the um uh, video clips would start coming where he's on some talk show host. Uh, he's calling the politicos, they're all scumbag pieces of crap and cussing and yeah. the BS. I mean, just yelling at them. And we're never going to, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, woo, you go. Well, he started getting enough traction and support of the people that the Washington Post did a story that, you know, uh, the first, like, mainstream thing or something, and we put that up. And the first thing they were saying is that, well, he has funny hair like Trump. I mean, that was it. That was the story. This funny hair guy. Oh yeah. You know, and you go like Trump. He's well, a Trump and, guy.
4: And they're so just profoundly dumb, even with all their collective degrees <laughs> their and all dumb. their money. They're like, they're like, uh, Javier Malay, Argentina now has their own Trump. Okay, Malay within like the first week abolished nine of like their 21 regulatory agencies. Donald Trump drastically increased federal spending right. uh, from I think $4 trillion to $6 trillion a year and powered all these organizations even the NSA, CIA, and FBI who were explicitly against him and ordered the most tyrannical policy probably ever canceling the Bill of Rights with the 15-day lockdown to slow the spread, not to, not to even save lives, but to not allow allegedly overwhelm the hospitals. So they, they were able to do that without even claiming they were going to save a single life. That's what Donald Trump did. And they're comparing him to like an anarcho-capitalist, a guy who like dresses up in black and yellow. It's just Captain shockingly dumb. You know,
1: this one it, yeah. thing that really got me, as we were covering it, and we had, you know, the election night, you know, party, and Frank did his victory lap, and he went to the inauguration, and, you know, and everything, and we reported on it, and, and you know, he had all kinds of fun. And you, you know Frank, man, he, he was digging it. and um, But the, by the first Saturday, he got inaugurated. I remember it was that first Saturday, he's bombing Yemen. I'm like, you know, all this stuff we got with Yemen. you think that that was all Biden? I mean, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, uh, ah! How much of that was Trump, or just happened around Trump, and he had to either admit he wasn't really in control, you know, he says, pull all our troops out of Syria, and they go, no, we're not. I mean, you know, it's just so craziness what's going on. Do you think Trump going in this time is not going to have, like, you know, the... President, you know, the chairman of the Republican National Committee, Prince Rebus, be his chief of staff. He's not going to bring in, like, you know, Bolton, you know, John Bolton. He's not going to bring in, you know, Sessoms. I mean, it's just, just it was so stupid. Drain the swamp. Hell, he hired all the swamp creatures. So do you think going in this time, it'll be different or just more of the same crap?
4: We have every reason to believe that it'll be more of the same. He hasn't exactly gone on a huge apology tour saying, sorry, I promoted Fauci. Sorry, I appointed Christopher Ray to lead the FBI. Sorry, I was palling around with Mike Pompeo. Sorry, I appointed John Bolton. And I had Nikki Haley working at the UN. I think that was under him. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sorry the Department of Homeland Security said we could use Cloudflare uh, to, you know, uh, to stop uh, people from spreading freedom ideas. On social media, we got none of that. So we have every reason in the world to believe it's going to continue. And we didn't even really see a uh, back down while we saw no new declared wars. We saw significant expansions in uh, significant uh, foreign policy realms, uh, provoking a war with Russia by sending the javelin missiles to Ukraine. Um, As opposed to, you know, wanting to be friends. For some reason, he had a soft spot for Kim Jong-un, but wanted to constantly vilify one billion Chinese people. Um, It was good that he wanted to be with, uh, you know, friends with Vladimir Putin. But the, the main reason that it would be beneficial, at least somewhat, to support a guy like Trump is because you can have guys like Colonel Douglas McGregor get on Fox News And stroke Trump's ego to avoid a third world war. What he said was, we cannot go to war with Iran. The Vietnam War destroyed Lyndon Johnson's presidency. The Iraq War destroyed George Bush's presidency. And Tucker, if Donald Trump goes to war with Iran, it will destroy his presidency. That is Douglas McGregor's dog whistle, knowing that that's probably a show, Tucker Carlson, that uh, Trump would watch. He goes, this is how I can avoid a third world war. Tell him it's in his personal interest to do so and when you have someone like that he might say you know uh he might be talking to the crowd saying you know richard nixon could have gone to war with china in 1964 when it was clear that china had nuclear capabilities referred to as project 596 but instead richard nixon went to beijing and shook hands with chairman mao we actually had a formal alliance with Joseph Stalin, who killed far more people in the Ukraine than Vladimir Putin has. And it's much better that, uh, you know, we had an alliance with them as opposed to uh, provoking a war. In 1983, uh, President Ronald Reagan, uh, you had a commercial airline called KAL-007, was just shot down by the Soviets for allegedly some sort of airspace violation with a sitting American congressman. And Ronald Reagan did not declare war against the Soviets. And within a decade, the Soviet Union came crumbling down. Donald Trump's the only one who's going to be able to sell that message, not because he's so kind, virtuous, and brilliant, but it's certainly in his interest to do so.
0: USA news update. The deaths of three American troops in a drone attack yesterday has pulled the U.S. deeper into the Middle East conflict in Gaza. President Joe Biden said in a banquet hall of a Baptist church in South Carolina just hours after the attack, we shall respond. North Korea again pushing the boundaries and launching missiles, this time from a submarine off the coast of the country. The test supervised by South Korean leader Kim Jong-un as a means to get nuclear weapons into the hands of the country's military. That missile hit an island target but had no impact on the security of a neighboring country. Two people in Mississippi arrested after the abandonment of a newborn girl. She was found behind a dumpster, wrapped in a lot of blankets, sitting in a car seat. The baby taken to a hospital and was found to be in good condition. Corey Myers, USA News.
1: We still do email. Drop your email address in the entry box at
3: freetalklive.com, and you'll be kept in the loop with Freetalk Live.
2: That just want to be left alone, and those that just won't leave them alone. Which one are you? The Ernest Hancock Show. Welcome
1: back. Welcome back to Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock on the Freetalk Live Network. We're continuing our conversation this evening with Keith Knight podcaster, Don't Tread on Anyone. He's also the managing editor at the Libertarian Institute.org. He's organizer of the Voluntarist Handbook and host of Don't Tread on Anyone podcast. Now, Domestic Imperialism is a new book that he's written from the perspective of a young man that was a progressive. And he went, full tilt the other way, the pendulum done swung to the right. Well, let's go ahead and continue our conversation, and I think you'll understand why I'm highlighting this young man. Enjoy.
4: And it's much better that, uh, you know, we had an alliance with them as opposed to uh, provoking a war. In 1983, uh, President Ronald Reagan... Uh, You had a commercial airline called KAL-007 was just shot down by the Soviets for allegedly some sort of airspace violation with a sitting American congressman, and Ronald Reagan did not declare war against the Soviets, and within a decade, the Soviet Union came crumbling down donald trump's the only one who's going to be able to sell that message not because he's so kind virtuous and brilliant but it's certainly in his interest to do so you even have the example of dwight eisenhower um you know not just mentioning the military industrial interests that exist but in 1956 the uh soviets had a regime change i think his name was Matyas Rakosi in hungary so more or less the same attempt that uh, they're uh, having in ukraine some regime change uh, operation that uh, you know entails killing civilians along the way as every government loves to do and dwight eisenhower mr tough guy world war ii veteran said no we're not going to declare war because as much as we hate that and it's sad america does not have the incentive or capacity to protect all people from all tyranny uh, across the world It's hard enough for them to defend and keep clean New York, Chicago, L.A., and Phoenix. And they want to, like, protect, you know, Tehran, the Donbass region, and Taipei in Taiwan. It's such a joke. Trump, that is the one benefit. Also, Trump is hilarious. Funniest president ever. I know, I know, Uh, I know, I know. I I get entertainment. So so that would be beneficial. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing... That's my my gun to my head. Biden versus Trump, I would choose uh, Trump.
1: (laughs) Well, Vanity, my favorite scent. You know, you ever see the Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino? Al
4: Pacino, no, but it, it's a good movie. The, the references, yeah. but it,
1: it, the, the, the point was, is that uh, at the end of it, the devil kind of goes to him. And, oh, well, I want to meet with you know, as a reporter. And, okay, well I'll meet you, and then the the um, reporter more to Al Pacino. You know, you, you know he's the devil, and he goes looks at the camera, breaks the fourth wall, and he says, "Vanity, my favorite sin," because that's what they appeal to. And it seems like, you know, the the, the deep state, the security state, the national, they them those secret handshake, build a Bergen weapon, whatever state, um, no people like trump or trump that what his achilles heel is and it's his ego Mm -hmm. it's his vanity yeah so when you talk about mcgregor going and saying you know I'm appealing to your vanity. here. I mean, you don't want to be a bad guy and be a president that went down because you went to war with Iran, would you? No, hell, I would never want to do that. You know. So it's um, and then when he does do these missile strikes or different things, he's counting. He he doesn't have a philosophical bone in his body. It seems like, yeah. but well, they told me. You know, this guy with a shiny badge and a hat and a bunch of initials after name and, you know, a fruit salad on his chest. You know, he he told me that I had to because I had to because I had to. So, you know, we're going to go whip ass. Yeah. And I'm like, he's so steerable that way. Now, Patrick Byrne is, uh, you know, I really like Patrick Byrne. We've had him on quite a bit. And he's a good anarchist libertarian type. And he's, you know, in deep in a lot of things. But in support of Donald Trump and certainly against election fraud so his big thing he's, I, I'm glad that people like him are there you know, now is Michael General Flynn, you know, what role does he play? Well, he, he got educated, I can tell you that, you know whatever, but um, these people that can give good advice of what's really, do not put that person in, do not hire, and one of those guys was Steve Bannon Bannon, I think, really had a good beat on a lot of stuff, but he was going up against the headwind of Jared Kushner, you know, Ivanka's husband, and, you know, the Abraham Accords, and, you know, Net- and who's being, spreading him some love and squeezing his bicep and saying, Ooh, you're so strong, you must lift. Oh, and your wife's so pretty. And, you know, we go, Ooh, your kids are. Okay. So he's susceptible to that. He needs somebody or something to slap him upside the head and say, "Yeah, freaking moron, stop. You're not, you know, so who would that be? Is he going to pick a VP that will do that? Probably not. Because he wants loyalty among all other things.
4: I am so hoping that it's Tulsi What a great middle finger to the left Yeah, one. okay, let's talk about that before Something you, like that would be we
1: got a couple of minutes,
4: let's talk oh, about that please. before you go Yes.
1: In New Hampshire Because of the way the primaries are done And open, when she was uh, Running last time a lot of the libertarian activists, they were supporting Tulsi. Good friends like Jay Noon went out front on the main road. He had, you know, in front of his property, Tulsi, man, Tulsi Gabber, Tulsi Gabber. Everybody, Tulsi, they're going Tulsi, Tulsi, Tulsi. Really, to piss off, you know, the left and, you know, I, for whatever reason, you know, the, the mental gymnastics they went through for that. I could see the benefit of it. She's a woman, beautiful. Of color, whatever the hell that means. And, you know, um, uh, starting to see, she been on Fox News and Tucker enough that, you know, people got to know her. I don't know how that happened. But she is, I don't know how she would balance Trump or if she could stomach or, you know, contain any opposition and what what Donald says kind of thing. We'll we'll see. But, uh, yeah, she would check off a lot of boxes, as would Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake, I think, is a little too strong. I'm not sure, you know, she would be able to just, you know, lay down for, you know, let him take all the credit or something. But Tulsi Gabbard being in there, I'm not sure how that would play out. Give me your reasoning how you think it would play out.
4: So if the VP case is you want to uh, solidify people who are suspicious of you, this might be uh, the female vote, this might be the independent voter, and you want to increase people's interest without taking too much interest away from yourself, I think someone like Tulsi is perfect. She's uh, great to, to be in a second what do you vote. lose some of his I base saw- support, though? Oh, it's going to take a miracle for this guy to (laughs) lose base support. It, It didn't take a miracle for Obama, Joe Biden to lose their core support. After the Mar-a-Lago raids, after the media keeps telling you, hey, uh, I I know we call you uh, evil, racist, sexist bigots uh, without a shred of evidence, and you're all idiots who deserve to be ruled by us, but you can't support this guy. It's like, okay, well, that is who I'm going to support unconditionally forever. So, uh, no, (laughs) it's not going to hurt uh, his base. If anything, would gosh, is there a single person he could appoint – Because anything uh, that's even bad could be, you know, explained away with 3D chess or something he has to do in order to uh, get a greater outcome. Yeah, just ask Q and I'll explain it to you. (laughs) His base is just just so shockingly uh, solid. I mean, uh, just look at the difference in uh, the BLM rioters who were mad at the government for allegedly being a racist organization, which just uh, kills innocent blacks and everything. Um, so when they were mad at the government, they rioted in hundreds of cities and took their anger out on innocent, powerless people because they were mad at the government. When the Trump supporters were mad at the government, they all took flights to Washington, D.C. and intimidated the most evil, powerful people in the country. You cannot tell me that there's all sort of an equivalent between these two. No. The January 6th people had a lot of courage and were much more targeting in who the actual enemy is, whereas the BLM violence uh, was just so wildly inexcusable and shocking that thankfully people like Kyle Rittenhouse uh, were around to do the job the police more or less refused to do. But that goes to show you. How much uh, support that his base has versus the uh, base that's willing to really go out and uh, risk their well being for someone like Joe Biden or Barack Obama? I'm not even sure if people would do that nowadays. Okay, you're you're in
1: you know with uh, you know we know a lot of people that are politicals got an opinion and whatever. And Keith, you should say and you should talk about and Ernie, why don't you? Like crap. And um, the election fraud. I mean, it, there was a lot of people at our discussion group. Oh, that would you know, I was, I was talking to a good friend. That's a, a talk show host, uh, you know, morning show over at KTR. And he was like, he's going, oh, she, she hasn't conceded. She's just a blowout. And I consider him a good constitutionalist libertarian type. And it's just this election fraud thing. They, 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 they can't, you know. I, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. Can they? Well, then they are. Like, you, know, you know, can they manipulate and do for trillions of dollars of ruling the world? Well, guess what? You know. So that you know me, that's been my main thing: elections. You know, and since forever. But um, the opposition they had to even consider this and to not address it, or they can't, or they won't, or some. At least Carrie Lake. The Trump administration, all of this campaign and so on, they are. They're taking it seriously. And with Patrick Byrne in there and Lindell stuff and everything, they're they're making some headway now. And start because to those of us that know, and I know, it is so obvious. But they try and get away with it anyway. So that cognitive dissidence of even the Republican Party, that you know, the officers and candidates and everything. I go, until you fix that, you're just wasting your time. So what do you think it is? Is it – I have no idea how to even frame the question that they would take it seriously, and they don't.
4: Why? Yeah, it would be very difficult and risky and would uh, have a lot of traces in order for them to actually be fixing these <laughs> Dominion machines and doing the fraud like that so the frauds are much more in your face in 2016 hillary clinton got on the debate stage and said 17 intel agencies both domestic and uh, civilian and military have confirmed that these emails were actually released by vladimir putin that's who hacked my laptop and it wasn't until july of 2017 when the new york times came out and said actually it was not all 17 it was just for the cia the fbi the nsa and the dni Um, So that is how they uh, completely that is the same thing as having a fraudulent election when the primary people who you're relying on for information do not give you accurate information about it. Just as if I said, hey, uh, this uh, has the power to drive a car and then I sell it to you and it turns out uh, it doesn't have the power to drive a car. Well, I didn't forcibly, you know, take the dollars out of your bank account. You gave them to me. Yes, but under a fraudulent basis. So to say that the elections are stolen is just obvious. And then as the one I mentioned, uh, 50 former Intel officials said that uh, the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation associating Trump with Putin. Of course, uh, this is uh, totally fraudulent as well. Uh, Oh, Joe Biden also said that uh, Vladimir Putin uh, put down, he's on the heads of American soldiers in Afghanistan, which uh, the Pentagon to this day is still looking for information in order to confirm or deny whether or not that was actually the case. So because of the explicit lies, they're sold to us uh so whether it's stolen or fraudulent it's just totally illegitimate as larkin rose has always said you can't even if i don't have the right to tax or regulate or declare war how can i delegate that right to someone else if i don't have a thousand dollars how can i give someone a thousand dollars so all elections are fraudulent inherently but especially uh these ones i will tell you look I don't know the exact stats, but there is not much incentive in order for people because, oh, this one person is just one vote. I don't have that much incentive in order to, you know, really, unless it's, you know, Florida in the year 2000, the votes are not, you know, heavily scrutinized. I can tell you. I went to vote one time. This was in 2014 for the midterms in Arizona, and I was there for about five minutes. It was right on McQueen and Chandler Boulevard at an elementary school, and I witnessed voter fraud within five minutes. So I can tell you it is much bigger, and it doesn't even necessarily require – A uh, deliberate uh, conspiracy. All you have to do is appoint people with no incentive to actually check out what's going on. And then very few people can take uh, huge hits. But of course, you know, every election around the world, they're like, well, Putin and Assad and all these people. Yes, even if they are elected. Yes, even Hitler was elected, but we can't trust those results for some reason they have just like perfected the ability to hold elections in america at this date and then for them to say that this was the most secure election of our uh, you know nation's existence you would have to literally look at the amount of fraud in every other single election going back to you know the 1700s and then say Yep, here was the percentage of fraudulent votes in this one and then this one. And then today it's the smallest ever after they completely changed the way the votes are counted when all these ballots were sent out to people's houses with no accountability between the person executing the ballot, the person receiving the ballot, the mailman putting the ballot in the ballot box. It's just too pathetic. But um, if this goes, that's the you know sacred foundation of the state, is that uh, it's not just some random group. It's us. We elect them. Uh, they can't get anything done unless it's with our consent. Of course, the opposite's true. Well, this so, is um,
1: one thing that they, like always, they, they always say is that, is there going to be an election this year? There might not be an election. You think you're going to have an election? Are they going to cancel the election? Of course not. They need oh, elections. Yes, yes. They gotta have an election. You know how do you think they get to do what they're doing? Well, we had, we well, got the vote, didn't you? And for it was just stupid for Zelensky to come out and say, "Wow, well, that democracy thing we're fighting for, and you're funding us and giving us gazillions of dollars, and eh, not so much until we we win the war." And we're not having. I'm like, really? You know, this is so. I I, I don't. And one more question for you, go. The debt is that ever even going to be paid off if so how if not what happens what it you know this 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 big giant backpack every child is born with you know of debt what do you think is going to be in the result of this
4: Uh, Well, uh, the reason you would want to get rid of your debt is so you are not currently on the hook uh, to pay for a bunch of things. The great thing about the state is other people are on the hook for the debt that they take out. There is absolutely no incentive to ever pay this down, and this system has attracted the most evil people across the planet. There is almost no way possible that this could ever get paid down. Just none of the incentives are there. It's like saying, I'm going to drop $100 in Times Square, and then I'm going to go pick it up a year later. It's like... Is it technically possible that it could still be there? Yes. But knowing what anyone knows about anything, it's going to be gone in two seconds because there's no incentive to leave the hundred dollars there. Same thing with the government paying off the debt has no incentive. Absolutely will never be paid off, can always be used as leverage to coerce either other countries or the domestic population. I have no clue how they're going to handle it. Fortunately, there are alternative currencies like Bitcoin really leading the way with uh, providing alternatives to the debt, because if if they have to inflate their way out of it, just increase the digits that the Federal Reserve sends out, that would be so devastating for uh, inflation would drastically decrease the value of the dollars that each person has in their pocket, would especially hurt the savers and people on fixed incomes, uh, a term that's thrown around way too often. So I should come up with a, another one but uh no there's it's never going to get paid off cuz there's no incentive to do so it'll just be Okay Mr. Anarchist here's people.
1: a here's a good question for you this is something that you know it's come up you know one as a young activist you know since your age I was like there's no way that there's going to be Social security available for me I mean you know that's just you know this is just isn't is going to be worth anything anyway blah 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 I just qualified. I'm 62 now. Donna turned 62 March 20th, and my birthday is the 29th. So we're the same age for nine days. You know, we can both file to start getting Social Security. I feel like woohoo! I win! I give you. I just go buy silver. i want to have it deposited and direct deposited, and some mail me more silver. Government give my money back in silver, you know, or something. I went and started, you know, just to look at what I was supposed to do to felt out the forms my son-in-law is a financial guy. So we go in and I look and I go, yeah, I don't want, you know, what was that? Why would they, never mind. It was just the process of getting thousands of dollars a month to, from the to do it. It was just too much paperwork. <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering what would you do, you know, thinking I was you years ago and now, hey, man, I get some of my money back. You know, um, what would you do?
4: Uh, depending on uh, the amount of paperwork, I would uh, get a hold of a financial advisor. And say, I'll give you 10% of my Social Security for the next year if you could fill out the paperwork properly for me. I just have to cut them a deal because I am like you. With me, it's the huge opportunity cost. I pay a lot of money every year to have someone else do my taxes because I will be driven absolutely crazy uh, when I have to fill out shit that I know that they have the answers to. That they could just send me the bill. Every single aspect, I just feel like I'm conspiring to help a massive terrorist organization every time i take the sacred time of my life to fill out these sheets so i just pay someone off to do it for me i know i don't get as much money as i probably could if i put a lot of thought into it but time is the most scarce resource we have so i would absolutely take the money considering i've been confiscated from for all this time and i'd have someone else bear the opportunity cost uh and uh, hopefully they could get a portion of it as well
1: well fortunately uh, I got a son-in-law, probably be nice to me, but you know, so that's that's what's coming. You know, thanks for spending uh, this time, you know, with me. I, I really enjoy your company, and I'm glad you're around. And just make yourself open to us helping you, because I can see this is this battle's coming, man. I mean, it it's coming. And um, how are you situated? to be able to i mean you work multiple jobs you got multiple jobs outside of your multiple jobs and you know you're how are you how are you doing this i mean you know can we you got donation channels you got you know some way we can help you you deserve help you know i want to bring some attention to you but you know how are you able to do this how you divide your time
4: I divide my uh, time up into a job that I need for money. This way I don't sell out politically. Uh, I I once really tried to be relying on donations so I could do it full time. And I got a guy, and it was so cool. I was going to have someone just fund my show. And immediately he started saying, well, what you should do is this, this, and that. I barely let him finish the sentence. I hung up and just blocked the number. Uh, He didn't want me talking about – I I had said, okay, is it sexist to say – Men are more violent than women, uh, and that's why there's more men in prison and on death row than women. He goes, of course not. And I said, well, it turns out that uh, the races don't commit violence at the same exact rate. That's why there's a disparity between whites and Asians and Mexicans and blacks. And he goes, yeah, uh, that's not something I could support. So uh, we would want you to tune that down. And I said, dude, it's the one defy the media is constantly pushing, and I can't talk about it. Goodbye. So I got another job. Uh, so I wouldn't be reliant on my income for anything politically. I can say whatever I want um, and, you know, not have it uh, affect my life totally. But if people want to donate, uh, I do allow uh, donations through uh, Venmo and PayPal in the uh, description of, like, every single one of my videos. So that is uh, how people can support me. Or, more importantly, they could support the Libertarian Institute on the donate page Um That is uh, my home, and that's where I hope to be for the rest of my libertarian career, so to speak. Uh, I think it's a great organization that's always publishing podcasts, videos, blogs. So people who are just interested in all aspects of this, if they only like videos or podcasts or blogs or like reading primary documents in our archive section, there's something for everyone there. So check out uh, Uh, libertarianinstitute.org slash donate and uh that is the best way to uh support me. There you go, it's right up there. Well, is
1: that go do you get a cut of that or part of it or do I got to say no. because of
4: Keith? I mean, how do I do this? You know what uh if uh you put something in the comment about what you like about the institute, whether it's a thing we're doing or a person specifically or a direction you would like us to go, please let us know. We're always interested in feedback, especially from people uh, who are at least willing to have some skin in the game, donate a little, then we really listen. Random comments on YouTube and Twitter. Just you know, I'm for, like,
1: yeah, <laughs> I bring money to the, um, you know, to Supper Club, and Keith, you know, well, I can't just be giving out all these books. I make money. I said, you, know, you didn't bring any to sell? Well, I'll slap you around. You, know, you just, boom, just give them some money. <laughs>
4: I totally forgot that and I'm embarrassed to say I forgot it again. I have two copies of Domestic Imperialism. Um, uh, I'll, I'll bid the price up to $150 each uh, on Wednesday and we'll see uh, who wants to buy them. I'll make sure to sign them and you get a picture with me.
1: <laughs> no, 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 you probably get it <laughs> too because a lot of guys right. support you. Yeah.
2: I've been smiling lately dreaming about the world it And I it could be Someday
3: it's going to come. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock.